<laughs> okay, buddy. We are a quarter of the way through the season. The Minnesota Vikings got their first win. We're going to get into that. But uh, what we're laying out for you this week is kind of a team breakdown. We're going to go through each matchup that's happened this week. We're recording on Monday. The Chiefs and the Patriots are playing right now. It's a three-point game. The Falcons and the Packers are going to play a little later. We're going to break those down a tiny bit for you at the end. But before we do that, we're going to get into the five, break down all the teams, talk about some box score highlights. We're going to crown somebody today. And then we'll give you the three. So that's really it. Uh, to let you guys know again, we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So if you don't want to see our ugly mugs on YouTube, check out Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from. Yeah, yeah. Search the 53 Podcast Football is the easiest way to do it. And listen to us there. We really appreciate it. Please like the page and subscribe if you haven't already. Um, let's do this. Jason, how you doing, man? Uh, mixed bag right now. I am psyched to be giving out quarterly report cards right now. But that also tells me we're a quarter of the way through the season. So basically a fifth of the way through the NFL season, including playoffs. So, yeah, just happy we're here, baby. So let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Let's start with the five, then. Let's start with the five. We're going to change it up just a little bit this week. We've been doing the last couple episodes, actually all of the episodes, uh, some get to know us for our viewership. Hopefully you guys have been following along, got a sense for the vibe of who we are and where our brains are, uh, personally and football-wise. So now we're going to switch it up to a little bit of trivia. Um, yeah, let's do Moving this. forward, it could be current football, it could be statistics, it could be history. Um, I have some multiple choice today. Uh, I think we'll do some fill in the blanks in the future, some fun Twisters, but uh, we'll get going today with number one. Yeah. In 1993, a little bit of a history question. What NFL team made offseason trades for both Joe Montana and Marcus Allen? 1993, Joe Montana and Marcus Allen. Um, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. You would be correct. Your options would have been the Broncos, the Raiders, the Niners, or the Chiefs. Yes, one for one. Let's do this. There you go. One for one, baby. All right. What team won three Super Bowls in the 90s? Um, that is the Cowboys. Correct again. Your options cool. would have been the Cowboys, the Broncos, the Patriots, or Broncos the won. Broncos won two. Patriots Broncos went won to two. Patriots went to two. There you go. All right. Um, oh, that was going to be way too easy for you. Um, who holds the best? rookie passer rating in NFL history? Ooh, the best rookie passer rating in NFL history. Is this a minimum full season? It is. So All your right. options for this are... Yeah, I need options, I think. I won't give you a hint. I'll just tell you what they are. Robert Griffin III, Tom Brady, Dan Marino, or Dak Prescott? Passer rating? Passer rating. Man, that's tough. I'm going to go with Robert Griffin III. I feel like it's a little outlier. I like, uh, I like where your head's at. Unfortunately, you are incorrect, sir. The correct answer is Dak your boy Prescott. down in Dallas, Dak Prescott. Damn he finished it. his rookie season with a passer rating of 104.9, breaking the previous record of 102.4, set by Robert Griffin III. Damn, that's cool. Earlier. That's a good, uh, that's a good trivia question. You got me on that one. No, that, that was awesome. Um, all right. 
here is that's gonna be what number four now sure number four what motown singer tried out for the detroit lions in 1970 was it a marvin gay <laughs> stevie wonder lionel richie <laughs> or Smokey robinson wow um let's go with Smokey robinson Smokey robinson no the answer is a marvin, marvin gay god damn he bulked it. up nearly 30 pounds and trained with future hall of fame tight end charlie sanders while preparing for his tryout he didn't make the cut but remained close to several players who sang background vocals on his 1971 hit what's going on no shit that's pretty cool i like right that. yeah that's awesome now this one i know you know i think we've talked about it before um right. for number five which player holds the nfl record for longest interception return oh antonio rogers cromartie just kidding. Uh, you sure you don't <laughs> want to hear the uh, options first? <laughs> yeah, I know what this one is. What is it's, it? Uh, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's um, fuck. Yeah, I want the options. Cromartie uh, is the guy who had the longest play in history, but that was a, that was a kick. Yes, correct. Uh, and I think that's been tied a couple of times. Um, so which player holds the NFL record for longest interception return? Ed Reed. Uh, a. 2-0-E read, boy! <laughs> I had to think about that for a while. Because, uh, yeah, Cromartie had the longest play against the Vikings. And in that game, he broke the record for the longest play um, ever because it was 109 yards, right, or whatever, and his foot's, like, right back there. And in the same game, Adrian Peterson broke the record for most rushing yards in a game. So, like, two records. 260-something or something. 297. 297, yeah, that was crazy. And uh, that's like two records that might never be broken happened in the same game. Well, one might like, can't be broken, and the other one might never Not be likely. broken. And what year was that? that Just was... to see if you can make this even sweeter. Oh, what year was that? Raid once or the the year? No, what what year was the one you're talking about? Um, that was 2008. All right, we'll leave our fact checkers to check that one out. Yeah, I don't know. With a fun fact <laughs> for Ed Reed. Uh, Ed Reed not only holds the record for longest interception return of 107 yards back in 2008, but also holds the record for the second longest interception return of 106 yards four years prior in 2004. Jesus, criminy. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. They're too smart now. Old linemen are, uh, are too good. They ain't going to let you get by them. They are too fast these days. They're just building them speedy. So that was our first attempt at a new format, which I think we all both enjoyed. I hope the viewers do too. That was awesome. Listeners, now that we're on Spotify. Uh, great round. I'll give you a, a three and a half on that one, I think. I'll, I'll take three and a half. You get the half point because you had your own little fun fact in there. I think that was awesome. So um, let's get into the down and dirty of our report cards here. We're one fourth of the way through the season. That's uh, – Four games of 16 played. There's technically 17 weeks with a bye. Um, let's jump off. I know the first game we're set to talk about is Vikings-Texans. Yeah, let's do it. Well, uh, I will say that was really fun. Thank you for that. Um, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's nice to get the little additional uh, tidbit on the side of the information. But we'll talk about the Vikings. The Vikings ended up winning 31-23. to And really, it's the story of Dr. Jackler, Mr. Cousins right now. <laughs> Who's going to come out and play? 
um, we got Mr. Cousins uh, this time. I don't even know who would be the good one, Jack or Hyde, in a football scenario. But Cousins come up, plays well, got the ball to his receivers, his playmakers. Dalvin Cook had another great game, 130 yards, two touchdowns. I'm telling you what, going 0-3 is tough. We played three playoff opponents. We'll talk about the Colts a little later. They look like a legit team. So the three losses that we had don't really affect me right now. I think people were jumping off the ship. We're going to be fine. This game showed here, yes, we were up 15 at one point. Kind of let that go. But a win's a win. We're happy about it. Vikings 3-1. and one, Play the Seahawks next week. It's going to be tough. I'm still positive about this team. Our pass rush is getting there. Our defense is getting better. Our rookies are playing up a little bit. We were out. We were out. Harrison Smith for the whole second half of the game. Let up two touchdowns on um, bad defense. Uh, missed assignments. Basically, George Ioka. Was that was that ejection? Was that uh, was that play by Harry? Was that a bad play? Was it overblown? Was he getting frustrated? What I, I saw the play. What's your opinion on that? A hundred percent a flag. No question. What do, you, what do you think Harry's headspace was, I guess, is more what I'm leaning towards. Uh, he always tackles low like that. He'll always come in low. Uh, the unfortunate part is the way Aikens was falling, his head matched Harry's head. And that's how the penalty happens, you know. Uh, if that doesn't happen, if he's not falling in that same way, it's, it wasn't targeting. It wasn't malicious. Harry's never been – he's a big hitter, but he's never been malicious. Um, so – I could see the frustration in Zimmer losing his best player on defense yep. because there was no intent to hurt the player. So the ejection just didn't make sense. I was pretty bummed about it. It ended up killing us, uh, like I said, on two touchdowns. But we still came out with the win without Harry on the field. It feels pretty good. So Vikings right now, one and three isn't great. But the wild card positioning in the NFC – I still think we're mixing it up. We're kind of obviously on the low end, but we'll be all right. Fair enough. I mean, so you're going to give it a letter grade for the first quarter. Obviously, the record's one and three, but do you oh, letter have grade, some I there? Uh, yeah, uh, letter grade, C minus. <laughs> C minus, yeah, okay. That, then we're, we're about synonymous there. If we scored more oh, than see. 11 points against the Colts, then I'd be happy. But that game uh, kind of pissed me off. You know, um, the Bears only scored 11 points against the Colts, too. So, that defense is no joke. We'll get to them in a minute. Um, but uh, you guys did play a team that is currently last in the division at 0-4. Um, they are not looking so hot. They did make a big <laughs> personnel change today. Pretty um, huge. Not quite a player coach. A GM coach gets fired today. Uh, most noted for his – not his play style being of the Belichick tree, but of his poor GM'smanship. Um, Basically, not only trading away key pieces, but also the future draft picks for this franchise. So it's going to be a lot for J.J. Watt to carry this team and Deshaun Watson on their back. Uh, I don't think – they just seem like a very hollow shell of a team. Uh, no identity whatsoever. Um, the uh, Oh, shit, we tried something for about oh, 10 plays, and now Deshaun, you just need to do whatever and overplay, basically. You can just see he's, he's pushing everything. I don't think we're at a point right now where they're going to be able to uh, sustain anything, especially with the way how competitive the league's getting. I think they're going to need to kind of go into rebuild mode a little bit. 
So like restructure mode, not rebuild, but restructure. What's the idea behind Bill O'Brien trading for David Johnson, and then we've not seen him be used nearly enough or used how he used to be used when he had that almost 2,000-yard total season with Arizona? No we saw idea. him out of the backfield in Arizona. And we saw a thousand three and passes. Why, why would you trade for this asset and not use it, especially when your job's on the line? It, it seems preposterous. Your quarterback needs relief. Your offensive line still sucks ass, even though you overinvest in the left tackle, who's playing very well. Um, but uh, I don't understand why they're not using the screen game. I don't know why they're doing outside zones. I mean, that's, that's the easiest thing. That zone scheme is the runaway from your line scheme, as the Vikings have known for a while. Not an insult, but just a comparison. Um, and it's just – I'm, I'm bewildered as you are. I think we see football very similarly. And that just seems like the easy answer. Is that something where Bill is playing games with us, overthinking us all, you know, outthinking himself above all things? All right, yeah. Well, if you want to talk about overthinking, as a Bears fan, are you overthinking what's happening at the quarterback position? Let's talk about your Bears matchup week four and where you're sitting on a confidence scale. Mm, wow. Well, let's talk about the one thing before that you gave me shit about last week, the Mitchell meter. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the Mitchell meter uh, might be dead. It's, uh, the quarterback position for the Bears might be dead. Um, overreacting, no. I think this is really – let me say this. Colts are very good. They're very solid. They're not sexy. And that's uh, what happens for run first team, Tampa 2. They fly around like crazy. They're, they're doing something right over there. Um, so that made a lot of what the Bears were trying to do and could not accomplish very apparent. Um, it was apparent that our offensive line needs a lot of work. Um, it was apparent that we don't have a lot of the you know, horses in the stable as far as the receiving core. We have Allen Robinson. We don't have these young guys that can be a compliment. Um, I really don't know. I was talking to my old man at halftime. I don't know what Nagy's scheme is supposed to be. Two years ago with Schemey is how last year had no identity. This year we start running the ball, but in this game we have no run game whatsoever. And then – you give the ball to the uh, former Super Bowl MVP who can throw the ball 50 times a game. He throws it 40-something times a game and still doesn't eclipse 200 yards. I, I just – I'm not sure what the scheme is supposed to be. I mean, it looks to me, as a guy who knows a little bit about coverages and, and, and route concepts and scheming guys open, it looks like every read that the, the, well, the Bears quarterbacks are making are backwards. It looks like they're reading two to one instead of one to two. Like, I'm seeing routes come open that they're just not getting the ball out, whether it's lack of timing, confidence, or that's really what the scheme isn't. I'm just, I, I don't really know what to say as far as this offense. And that's been the same thing probably all my life watching the Bears offense, to be honest with you. Yeah, I with think it's cursed. With the exception of the Trustman year. Yeah, I, with the exception of the Trustman year. Um, I, I, think the, I think that position is cursed for sure. I don't know what happened. Um, maybe Jim McMahon did something back in the 80s to curse that position. But man, to be a Bears quarterback is pretty rough it's tough I mean it is you know what makes it worse is the fact that you know last week was so exciting you just you, you would have been foolish to say that this is this is it this is Nagy's offense this is exactly what they're going to do week to week you know that's not going to happen um I guess we just didn't expect such the downfall but I also you brought up a great point about the Vikings having the type of schedule that we did the Bears right now are who we thought they were they could beat shitty teams because they played uh they opened up with Detroit, lost, beat them on a last-second drop in the end zone, which would have lost in the game. Beat yep. the Giants, uh, again, down to the wire. 
I forget who they played last week. Um, and the then, Falcons. Oh yeah, they played the Falcons, and you know the miracle comeback, and they're used to choke. They're choke artists. Artists. And then you play the Colts team, which they look to be pretty darn evenly matched, but that defense was just smothering. So, you know, it, it, they are who we thought they were. We play the Bucks on a short week, which I think is a, a winnable game. But, yeah, Brady looked good this week. They're starting to find a little bit of a rhythm. And then I think we got, like, Tennessee coming up after that, if they're allowed to ever play football again. Um, I don't know. So, mixed bag, but they are who we thought they were for now. Um, I know I alluded to a few things for the Colts, but you want to take them? Uh, yeah, Colts, man. Um, Fluky-ass game week one, lose to the Jags. It doesn't make yeah. any sense after these uh, last couple games that they had. They nope. gave up 27 points to the Jags, but then 11 points to the Vikings, where there was a touchdown in garbage time. 11 points to the Bears, where there's a touchdown in garbage time. Yep. It, this, is, this is the team that Rivers always needed. He always needed – a good defense to compliment him so he doesn't have to throw 50 times a game. And now he's found and a team that he, line. that he fits perfectly on. And a, a nod to you in the offseason, you thought that this team could win the division. And right now uh, the Titans are 3-0, but the Colts are the real deal. I'm going to say that for sure. I love this Mo Alley-Cox guy. I think it's funny Great. after after three big games of him, they're already comparing him to Antonio Gates. They put up the infographic and everything. Basketball. Yeah, it's like, yeah. come on. Get, it's just classic uh, classic sports talk, you know? And Rivers needs his tight end is what yeah, they're trying to make Rivers that loves big like, tight ends, yada, yada. But the dude's been playing well, so I like that. Dude, their defense, man. Uh, DeForest Buckner, that trade for Buckner was huge. They got Justin Houston there, too. It's a little reminiscent of Freeney and Mathis, man. They play completely different, but just having yeah. dominant names on that D-line really pushing the pocket. I like this Colts team moving forward. I, I think they can beat anybody in the league if uh, if Rivers plays within himself. T.Y. Hilton's been non-existent, um, yeah. but they're still winning without despite that. So The run game. And this is the one thing I'll put for this game and then my own frustration to the recap for both teams. So uh, a couple years ago when the Bears hired Pace as their new GM, it was between him and Chris Ballard, it sounds like. Who, uh, Chris Ballard was formerly of the Bears' uh, organization as a scout. They both go back-to-back years for GM of the year, except now the Colts are hitting home runs and all their first-round draft picks, and the Bears are basically – they haven't hit on a, on a first-round draft pick. The jury's still out on Roquan. I think he's got the talent to be a stud, but he's still a little spotty. He's got freak athleticism. But as far as a rebuild goes, it looks like the Colts did it right, adding pieces in free agency as opposed to the Bears – Miss, 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 overpay and free agency to kind of be the kind of Band-Aid for those misses to kind of make up. They haven't Mm -hmm. gone full rebuild, and now you're overpaying a bunch of Band-Aids. So you're just – and that's exactly what it looks like. You're paying with a patchwork team. Um, There's a little bit of – like so that type of defense, like they've been there before. It's a good defense still, but they're not playing with the same spark and energy as this younger Colts team that just has that kind of confidence flying around. They've been together now in the third, fourth year of their system uh, with their coordinator. So it's just, you see a team doing it the right way in the Colts. You take, you don't overpay for people. You invest, you go get your guys that you want to get, but you build it within, you build your culture, which I think the Bears are doing a good job with culture, just not executing the picks. So tip my cap to the Colts. Um, they're probably going to be the surprise of the year. All right, so your Bears – kind of right exactly where you think they should be through four games 
snuck away with a couple of wins. You got to be happy with that. Yeah, um, I was thinking like two and two. So three and one, I'll take it. Uh, good stats about three and one teams making the playoffs, but they got a long way to go. It is a very hollow three and one. Cool. Uh, well, I'll say this about the Colts. I think they're very good. I think their defense plays really well. If they can control the ball on offense, they can play. My concern is that if they get in shootouts, they're going to lose. They haven't been able to show that yet. They haven't been able to show any real explosive plays. It's all just been monotonous football. So when you match up against the Ravens, you match up against the Chiefs, can you score 35 points and win those games? Because as good as your defense is, eventually you're going to have to score some points. That's a huge question mark for them. So I'm not going to crown them – quite yet but they've had a good start to the season i'm happy for rivers to be on a winning team again i feel like it's been about 10 years since he's had a good team Um, but we'll move on to the next one this was the thursday night game broncos played the jets broncos ended up winning 37 to 28 to be completely honest with you this is just another classic thursday game where nobody really cares sam darnold had a pretty nice run jared judy dude Lamar Donald had a great run. Lamar Donald, yeah. Dude. Did you see that? Did you see the Hezzy fake slide in there about 20 yards up the field? Oh, yeah. That was so dirty. <laughs> I didn't even – that was so dirty. That was like – that's like the Michael Vick spin move. It's like you can't do anything about it. That's kind of a dick move, knowing that right. the protection rules are in play, but that was pretty sweet. Yep. So the Jets lead uh, 28-27 with six minutes left in the game. They end up losing by nine – uh, we'll start with the Jets, and I'll ask you, Sam Darnold, like, what does he have to look forward to? He was picked third overall a couple of years ago. He looks to be like a requisite quarterback. What's going on with the Jets team? He's got nothing to look forward to other than Gase getting fired. I think he's an above-average talent. I think he can do it with some talent around him in the right system. I'll say that answer and raise you. Uh, Max something, not Kellerman, somebody else raised the question, you know, if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I think about staying in the college one more year because the Jets are going to have the first overall pick. Yeah. What do you think of that? <laughs> uh, well, it is definitely time for the Jets to be looking. But I don't I mean, know. Heck, if, like the Bears, Darnold... if the, the Bears could trade for Darnold, they could take Trevor Lawrence. I mean, hell. Well, that's take, the thing. You, you'd, have, anybody else. you'd have a lost asset in Darnold, which is fine. We've seen it happen before. The Jets need something to bring that fan base back, something to be positive about. Mm-hmm. If Lawrence is there or whoever ends up being the number one pick, you know, Justin Fields and I know there's another guy, the San Diego Trey State Lance. guy. Um, I get it, but you're going to go to a bad team regardless. You rarely get a top talent quarterback going to a good team. But playing on the Jets would be rough. Um, I would say – He's coming you know, out. He's got to come out. I would think so, too. And I would say on paper, I mean, you look to trade that pick, get some serious assets for somebody who wants Trevor Lawrence is going to give up two first-rounders, a third round, and, heck, maybe even three first-rounders. Who knows? Because we haven't seen a guy like that. As far as your rebuild I'm, on paper, if you're the Jets. I'm off. I mean, I'm you're so that, far away. You're so far away. Oh, I agree, but if Trevor Lawrence ends up being a Hall of Famer, you'd look back and be like, oh, the Jets fucked that up too. 
if Trevor Lawrence like, ends up dying because he's got no one to block for him and no one to throw to and all that stuff and waste a career because of bad knee because the Jets suck so bad. I'm just playing. I'm just playing your devil's advocate, but right. I, 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 I can see it both ways. Well, they need they need to do something there to make people want to play for them. <laughs> Every good player who's ever played for the Jets in the last ten years just left town. They said, "Yeah, I'm done here." Yeah, the only this guy is, they wanted uh, Jamal Adams. That's the only guy they've it. ever got excited. That's about why I don't get like why why is Frank Gore there? Why does that make any sense? Just to waste his career away, it seems. Like to back that, up Le'Veon Bell, nonetheless, and they, they can't get a run game going. Let me, maybe that was the only team that wanted him, and he wants to stay in the league. But if I were I in know, his situation – I don't think he has a relationship to Gase. If I was in his situation, like, why not go to a team that might have a possibility of winning some games and not go to the bottom-of-the-barrel team? But, hey, I mean, if, if you want to just continue to play football in your 20th year – be my guest. Yeah, Broncos. Broncos win a 37, uh, win a game with 37 points. No Cortland Sutton. No Drew no Locke. Lock. Noah Fant gets banged up. This ripen guy, they kind of like him. He's, he's gonna got a be, bigger arm than I thought. He's going to be there for a little while because uh, Locke is going to be out for a little while still. Right. But this is a sunken season for the Broncos regardless, I think. At the beginning of the year, you were excited about their defense. You were excited about the additions that they made, the two you wide receivers they drafted, 4-1 yeah. and one record with Drew Locke, Melvin Gordon coming in. They had pieces lining up to make a at least a playoff run. And yeah. it, it all seems to have fallen apart, even though after a win here, when injuries decimate your team, it's really hard to stay positive for the Broncos. So I think it's a, it's a sunken season, positive or negative out of it. It doesn't really matter. If you don't have your guys out there playing every weekend, it's tough to uh, continually win. It's about all I have to say about the Broncos. Yeah. The sunken season part is probably true. Um, first quarter. So I guess, I mean, so you brought in some older veterans to help win now. But uh, I think it's time to really focus on the rookies, get to know your team. You've got a couple of young defenders in the backfield that'll be good. You got your young wide receivers, like you said. So get some reps out of them, get to know them because they can make a push next year, I would think. So yeah, that, that's a shitty part about just delaying it. And you know, there was already questions around Drew Locke: Is he going to be the franchise guy? I don't know. Let's give him a year. Well, now you're losing a year with him, basically. So now you got to go into next year and say hey, if we're shitty enough and Justin Fields is out there, do we draft a quarterback or do we press our luck with Locke another year? Well, um, on so paper, you could have the best backup in the league if you go that way. You know, because the, the, the thing that's going to justify, he's got talent, but he wasn't a high draft pick. Right. So, you know, that this just into I'm getting a report. Um, actually, I think I'll transfer the wire to you. Uh, I think it's time for the uh, Minshew report here. Oh, God. Yeah, the Minshew report. Um, Jacksonville versus Cincy. Cincy gets their first win of the year. Jacksonville falls to one and three. Yeah, so we we both called Cincy winning this game. They were favored, so it's not like a crazy one. Um, right. Minch report. Oh, it just felt right. In the end, he throws two touchdowns to DJ Chark, my guy. Fantasy. He looked good. He looked good back and healthy, which is great. 
throws a pick. It was a deflected ball in the first or second quarter. They had to settle for three before halftime when I thought they had a, a chance to score. Um, so that kind of hurt them. Would have right. given momentum into the second half. In the end, Minshew's Minshew, man. He is going to play that game. 350 yards, two touchdowns, one pick, scrambles around a little bit. But until their team can stop the other team from scoring 33 points, it doesn't really matter. I think so the Jags are going to be just fine on offense. The other team at all. I mean, here's, here's my question for you. Go ahead. How is it? Identity. What is it? Oh, Minshew's the guy. Identity for the team, not just him. Oh yeah, what, mean, what they're what they're doing is they're allowing Minshew to make plays, um, mm -hmm. evading pressure, picking up first downs with his legs, getting the ball to their receivers. Laviska Chenault is looking really good as a rookie. All their receivers can make plays after the run. Uh, they've proven that. And defensively, they have super young pass rushers, um, and they'll just build through them. That's really kind of what they got. They're just not in a position to win that many games. I have no idea what their coaching is all about as far as if the fan base is happy with them or whatnot. I mean, you're not going to see a, a Bill O'Brien out of this team because they are what you're expecting out of the Jags. It's not like the expectation was any higher than what's happening. Right. Um, so they just need to continue to work it. And I think that's fine. Sometimes you can't turn it around in a year. Minshew, this is his first full year as a starter. So you can just build on that. So I like this. The rookie running backs really good. I mean, we're talking, we're joking around about rookies of the year. He's a really big dark horse uh, for rookie of the year. I really like him. So. That's yeah, he went to Illinois Jackson. State, I think, too. So, oh shit! Home Shout out there. Um, so, talking about the young guys, though, Joe Burrow gets his first win. Goes yeah. for three hundred yards again. Um, he he spread the ball around pretty well, um, but it was really on the shoulders of Joe Mixon for this win. I would say, uh, one hundred fifty-one yards, two touchdowns. Well, three total touchdowns. He also uh, caught one. Um, I can't really say he had his way because. Burrow only threw for uh, one touchdown and one pick. It's just interesting to me to see that he's getting the young guys involved. You've got Tyler Boyd getting a bunch of catches. T. Higgins, the new rookie receiver coming up. Um, the uh, tight end you never heard of, Drew Sample. And then hey, A.J. Green, my guy, is getting nothing. I mean, he's getting hoes in the box score. Uh, five targets, but one ball for three yards. I mean, he's still, in my opinion, an elite receiver. And for some reason, I've got music going on in the background. I think his time in, in Cincinnati is all but over. I have no yeah. idea what his no idea what his um contract looks like, but if he's got a year left, he ain't gonna be there next year. And I don't think it has much to do with him, but T. Higgins looks like he's gonna be all right. Tyler Boyd is starting to he's gotta start being in these conversations with one of the better receivers in the league. Seems like he makes plays every single week. So I think uh, Burrow's got a good thing going with sure. his receivers. Good thing going with his receivers. And they'll build on that. You know, three, four, five wins this year. Get better next year. And right. 
that that's kind of where I see Cincy. Is that kind of the same deal after four weeks? You know, I think it is. I, I think there's still going to be bottoms of their division. Um, Cause you got uh, Pittsburgh, Baltimore and Cleveland all have three wins. I yeah, mean, they're it's going to be pretty tough to compete there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some potential here. I don't know if their coach Taylor is going to be the guy, but uh, for the first time in a while, they seem to be moving in the right direction. Um, so we'll see, but uh, Hey, this just in, um, it looks like Luke is going to cover his cover five cover five um, with the, uh, with the Kansas city chiefs beating the new New England saints 26 to 10 in regulation. Um, unfortunately, this also means that his fantasy team loses to Jason's my oh, own God goes on four. <laughs> Oh, and four. Jason finds his way to three and one, potentially number one in the league coming up after the rest of our league results come in. <laughs> Pretty excited about it. Um, so yeah, there's your uh, there's your live update coming to you here uh, as we kind of progress to the next game. We mentioned just now. I mentioned just now that the NFC North has three teams that are three wins um, and potentially one loss. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on by, uh, which leads us to our next game. Actually, the Cleveland Browns beat the Dallas Cowboys in what I guess is a shootout, uh, 49-38. Cleveland ran the ball ridiculously well. 300 they yards. more rushing wow. yards than pass yards, and they ran for 300 yards. You're right. Um, 70 of them from about, Odell. Oh, uh, the identity this year. Say that again. Well, 70 of those rush yards came from Odell, and 50 of them were on that game-winning end-around play, which was amazing. And that's Stefanski to a T. That was um, so welcome back, Odell. Uh, I'm sorry that I put you in as a bust in fantasy. You're proving me wrong. You're a top 10 guy right now in fantasy. And we can see what can happen with the team that we've been talking about has an amazing talent and hasn't been able to do anything with it. They finally have a statement game and really make a statement. Um, they did do two trickery plays for touchdowns. Um, one of them, Jarvis Landry throws to Odell. And then Odell on the end around, like I said. Right. Now Nick Chubb is going to be out for a couple of weeks, but they have Kareem Hunt, who's going to be just fine as as the main guy. I think it's the best backfield in the NFL. And, oh, absolutely. The one, two and a half punch. And Cleveland's going to be just fine. Miles Garrett, to me right now, probably defensive MVP candidate, maybe the front runner. Um, looking good so are they legit or not i think they're legit i think i think cleveland's going to be legit if they can win the game moving the ball on the ground getting the ball to odell when they can and making sure that baker isn't in positions to lose the games for them they'll be just fine so i'm i'm going to say they're legit through four weeks they're three and one first time since like 2006 or something yeah that's where i'm sitting legit um I'm going to – I can't give them a grade right now because they got smoked by the Ravens, who are, in fact, legit. They put up 35 on the Bengals, 34 on Washington, and 49 on the Cowboys. Now, those are three not great defenses. But why I say that more now is they got the Colts, the Steelers, the Bengals, and the Raiders in their next quarter of play. Um, I think that's going to be more telling than the start of the season. But I do agree with you um, that we've never been a Baker fan. Don't give him a reason to lose the game. 
I don't right. think he's going to be a guy to put the guy, you know, the number one all, overall pick to put the game on his shoulders to win you the game. Uh, it's going to be don't play not to lose. So that, I think that puts him right in the game manager conversation. So we'll see. Um, now, I love it when the Dallas Cowboys get in the shootouts. Dak is putting up big numbers. And it's definitely helping my fantasy here with Zeke Elliott now involved in the passing game. Finally. Um, I'm going to let you talk about these guys. I mean, these are we still the, they them boys? I mean, these were your guys to start the year. Are they them boys? Yeah, I think I mentioned last week that they're going to win their next five games. And I'm on one on that. Does that start now, though? Or is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, now it starts. Right, <laughs> right, <Nah>, right. <laughs> um, Dude, I when you have 500 yards passing in back-to-back games, your offense looks amazing. Your defense is going to figure it out eventually. I mean, they can't be historically bad all season, can they? Dallas has to play. They play against the worst division. That's six games against shitty teams. Dallas is ahead above those teams, if you ask me. Obviously, in a head-to-head situation, might be completely different. Dak is playing – out of his mind, if it wasn't for his defense, he would be an MVP candidate. But He's since they're better one... than Deshaun Watson, getting paid forty million a year. Well, that's damn true. I've never been an advocate of pay Dak, but he's playing better than Deshaun. Uh, he's been playing phenomenal, and I'm I'd be riding Dak all year. Um, and I don't think there is reason to worry as a Dallas fan quite yet. You're basically tied for the division lead. The Eagles technically have it because of a tiebreaker. So there is nothing to worry about. Like, you can win your division very easily. Just beat beat up on your division. Say you – yeah, say you win out in your division. That's seven wins. That might put you in in the NFC East because it's a pretty big dumpster fire over there right now. Dallas, right. I'm still riding them as the NFC East division winners. They're all right. Are they legit? No, they got a lot of things to work out. Mike McCarthy's not saying the right things, but I think he might be the right coach. Sure. It takes time. It just takes time. Right. The right scheme for that fun. talent because they got talent. Um, that's, a, that's an interesting set of points to bring up. There's still other guys. It's been an early off weird start. Um, I think that rolls over into our next game too with the Saints in Detroit. Yeah, the Saints here. are not coming in as hot as we thought too. I mean, they're poised. They basically have the same roster. Uh, they're sitting two and two. They are, I guess, one game behind Tampa Bay. It was three and one. They go and get this win against Detroit. It was not a convincing win. I know that they're missing Michael Thomas. We talked a little bit about this last week, too. Uh, Kamara's been on a tear. It's, it's just interesting to see. So when you get Michael Thomas back, all of a sudden the offense is supposed to go. Um, he's not the guy to get you 20 yards a pop. They have no intermediate or long game. And I, I think that teams are really keying on that. They're sending five and six at a time, and they're playing, you know, the sticks and under. So is, it, is this kind of the beginning of the end for the Saints, or do you think they have a chance to pop back? So I feel a little differently about this. They go down 14 points right away, right away to Detroit. And I said, oh, Detroit, here we go. They're yeah. legit. Let's play. Just keep feeding the ball to your receivers and see what happens. Next thing you know, the Saints score 35 straight, and it's 35-14. And you're like, oh, man, maybe we had this thing all wrong. And Drew Brees still hasn't been playing that well. or He's been playing fine, but he hasn't been putting up Drew Brees numbers that we're used to. 
really what this says to me is like Matt Patricia is the next on the hot seat. I mean, his, his seat's hotter than his hot pockets in his microwave, but, uh, oh, 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 oh. that's, that's, uh, ask Jim Gaffigan. That's pretty hot. But, uh, I'm telling you what, man, you can't count the saints out. They never lose two games in a row. Except for this year when they lost two games in a row to the Raiders and the Packers. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> and uh, but no, I, I'm with you on the convincing start to this Lions game. They also had a convincing win over the Buccaneers too. The the Bucks were a little out of sync, but I mean the defense looked strong, uh, and they were they were doing all the right things. So we'll see. I mean they've got promising matchups coming up. You got the Chargers, Panthers, Bears, and Bucks the next four. Um, come out three wins out of that. Well, talk about you were saying earlier. They are who we thought they were. You know who are who we thought they were is the Detroit bleeping lions i still don't get this how do you bring in matt patricia now in his third year third year and have a defense that just can't play you get rid of slay slay doesn't stay nothing there matthew stafford at this point everybody chalks matthew stafford up as one of the better quarterbacks in the league but has a terrible record mostly because of the team that he's on but at some point the accountability has got to be on Stafford at some point you have to start looking at your quarterback and saying hey are we going to continue to do this or is it time to look somewhere else I'm not saying Stafford's a bad quarterback I'm saying you just need a breath of fresh air and you can't just keep cycling coaches over and over in in uh, Detroit he might be the guy you got to start looking at um I I, I, I really do hate point. to say it, but, uh, you know, you can't fire all 53 players. So what do you do? You fire the coach. Well, when you fire the coach four or five times without the tenure of Matthew Stafford, have like one winning record season, maybe two in his career. I like the guy. But this year is the year that I'm starting to think, hey, man, it might be time to just cut ties. And, and start completely over and start fresh, um, which is crazy to think because they, they beat Arizona, which Arizona looked like contenders for the first two weeks and then looked like shit the last two weeks. So that win wasn't as convincing now that we see Arizona lose again this week. Right. But that, that's where I think it lies is in Matt Patricia's defense not playing when he said – when I came here, we had a lot of work to do. No, you don't. You were a nine-win team the year you came in, and you haven't had a winning record since. You brought in you know, the guys. You brought in your Patriots guys. It's not working. <laughs> it ain't working, and that's fine. If it's not working, you got to start from somewhere else. The Ford family has got to bring the hammer down eventually, and I think he's the next kind of on the hot seat as far as a coaching job goes. Yeah, you know, I got a lot to agree with there as far as Detroit. We're both uh, NFC North guys, so we get to watch them way too much every year. Um, it's a cultural thing. It starts the ownership down. You let your best player in a generation leave, being Kelvin Johnson, who made Matthew Stafford who he is. He's got two good receivers now helping him out. But, I mean, Detroit's so bad through and through, like to the core of their culture and everything about them. They're so bad, they don't even have a chance to show it half the time because I guarantee you, when put on the spotlight, they would be even more embarrassing than the choke artists down in Atlanta. Cool. They are the poor man's Falcons. I guarantee it. They're just so bad they don't even get the chance to show it. So 
that's I don't care what their record is. I don't care if they go 500. It, it's there's no way you're going to convince me otherwise unless there's some serious overhauling. Um. Anyway, to happier thoughts, how about Russell Wilson? Um, Russell Wilson, man. Even even in games where he's not putting up these superhero like stats, he still gets the job done. DK Metcalf is a walking 100 right now. Kind of comparison to Shaq, the walking double double. Oh, yeah. um, they they turned a pro like everybody said this DK Metcalf's going to be a project. All he can do is run deep. All he is is a big body, and now he's making plays all over the field. He hasn't had less than 92 yards in a game yet. This offense looks great. They played against Miami, who's Miami's a fighting team. I don't think there's a quarterback in the league who fights more than Fitz Magic. I really no, like there, the guy. there isn't. There really isn't. Um, it's because he's playing with nothing to lose, though. He knows he's at the back nine here, and fuck it. Like, he's going third and 14. He's scrambling for 15 yards, diving headfirst through a middle linebacker. Like, the, I, I feel like the beard is, like, making him concussion-proof. So, like, when he hits stuff, it, like, doesn't bounce. His brain doesn't bounce as much. It's right. extra padding. Like, you know, like the goat's got the extra liner in his brain. Yeah, it helps him out a little bit. Yeah, right. I think I think there's hope for the Dolphins. They they come in here and they, they had a chance to win this game. Uh, they get Xavier Howard back, uh, their corner, their young cornerback. Their defense is fine. I mean, played all right against the Seahawks. You know, it's there's promising. a lot to be said about Tua sitting out for a year and building with that hope. I think there's a lot of hope for this Miami team in the future. It's just yeah. another – it's like the Jags. You just got to wait it out and see how these guys are going to play, build your team through the draft, and kind of be happy with being in games like this and not being blown out. I mean, they were contenders through this whole game. Through four weeks, I'll give you my Miami breakdown. I think they could upset any team any week. The way that they're built, they can definitely do it. I mean, they've upset the Patriots – a handful of times in the last couple of years. Yep. And they can do it again this year. I mean, they might take a game from the Bills. They might take a game from the Patriots. That shit happens with a team like this, especially with Fitzmagic. I mean, he's just like a walking question mark. You never know. It could be a four-touchdown game. It could be a four-pick game. But that's kind of the fun thing about Miami Dolphins. Seattle, I know we're, we're super positive about Seattle. They look like the team to beat in the NFC along with the Packers. Um Give me your Seattle after four weeks. Uh, I mimic everything except for the defense is going to be their crux. That pass rush is non-existent. The secondary is all right. Rough. But they've been giving up – one, they've been giving up lots of yards. Uh, part of that's because they've been up big the first couple games. So that's kind of inflated a little bit, and I think that'll average out a little bit to start the year. But that front seven is not good. Uh, Bobby Wagner is probably the best middle linebacker in the league, but he's got no talent up front to help him shed blocks or at least snuff something out or at least – penetrate to uh, blow something up once in a while. So uh, Seattle is going to have to stay healthy because uh, we know DK got hurt last year. Lockett got hurt last year. Greg Olson's getting old, has been old for a little while. Uh, so it's really going to be a health thing uh, more than anything. And they're going to have to shoot out. I still think they're probably the scariest team in the NFC. Them and the Packers. Uh, Packers probably a little bit more of a complete team offensive defense. We'll get to them later. Um, and I think you nailed Miami on the head. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Brian Flores is doing because he is of the Belichick tree. 
Um, he had a lot of draft capital this year, and he's going to have a lot of playing time for his young guys. So we'll see. I mean, they're, they're trying to do it right down there, and so far, so good. All right, let's speed up the second half of these games. We're kind of let's getting get a little long, but Ravens go and play the Washington football team. They win in convincing fashion, even though the the score doesn't really say it because they brought in RG3 and he throws a pick on his like first or second pass attempt that led to a touchdown to make the game 37 or 31 to 17. Uh, yeah. It should have been a 31 to 10 game if they kept Lamar in. I don't know what that is. He was playing in Washington. Maybe they felt like he should have played uh, just to get that I like retribution that, yeah. there. Um, so that was a little weird. They paid Humphrey, who I think is uh, an amazing cornerback. He forced a fumble in this game. I think they're really good. Two offensive linemen were out, so winning a game when that happens too. Ravens are going to be just fine. I cannot wait to see Lamar play against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. We need it. That's the next thing to look forward to with the Ravens. And their two matchups against the Steelers, which is the best uh, – which is the best rivalry in football right now. Um, Absolutely. But that's kind of what I have to say about them. We talk about the Ravens enough. Washington football team, give me your thoughts. Uh, I hope they just stay healthy. They've got some talent on the front seven. Obviously, it's going to be exciting to watch Chase Young when he's 100% again. Um, This is one, I think it's going to be just a little bit slower than we thought. I'm not a Haskins guy. I know you like Haskins. Um, But this is going to be a run. It's falling. Very quickly, huh? Not quickly. Um, I think he's still a guy for the year. It'd be it'd be bad to oh, give him there. Well, Alex Smith is there. You could give Alex Smith a chance. And but. Kyle Allen, uh, the kid who uh, overthrew Cam Newton, he called <laughs> it on play 100. That's um, right. <laughs> um, but it's something too. The Ron Rivera team, they're in the midst of a huge culture change. I mean, Washington's been the problem child, the culture problems, the organizational problems for a while. Um, and he's going to get it done. He really is. He's going to be a hard-nosed team. And he's fighting cancer. So uh, I would say that's a win right now. They're tied for first in the division. Actually, no, they're tied for second in the division, technically, with that half win, uh, the tie for the Eagles. So um, they're definitely not out of it. I, I don't think they have the potential as some of the other teams in the division. But right now, as it stands, quarter way through the year, they're still in it. Yeah, I like that. And, and I like Terry. I like Terry uh, McLaurin out there. Yeah, Terry. 10, 10 for 100. Something to build on there. That's kind of going to be the face of the franchise and their offense until they figure out the quarterback position. But we'll move on to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, they win 38-31 against the Chargers, who are led by Justin Herbert. I'll break down Tampa Bay. I'll let you do the Chargers. Tampa through four weeks. um, Tough week one against the Saints. That's a hard matchup for any team. Uh, They proved that they weren't really gelling on offense in that game, but now they're gelling. Brady threw for five touchdowns. He did throw another pick six. He's thrown four in the last six games, which is kind of crazy. But the thing about Tom Brady is he's the least mobile quarterback in the league, and he got sacked zero times in this game. They win games doing this shit. He always does seems to just stay upright, even though he doesn't move, which is awesome. And then what Tom Brady does best is he closes out games in the fourth quarter. Time of possession was third almost 13 minutes to two minutes for the Chargers. Brady had the ball for two possessions and just ate the clock. That's exactly what you see from Tom Brady uh, in the Patriots days. It's what you see now. They're a scary team going forward. I really like their ability 
to possibly win the division and then make a run for the Super Bowl in his first year with Tampa Bay and playing in the Tampa in the Tampa Stadium would be pretty cool for the Super Bowl. That's where I see him right now. Um, I will say one quick nod to uh, the University of Minnesota and Antoine Winfield Jr. was Rookie of the Year or Rookie of the Month uh, in the NFC for the month of September. So that was a really good draft pick by them in the second round. He's playing really well for them, kind of the leader of the defense already uh, Mm -hmm. in the secondary. So that's cool to see. Chargers, things were looking up for a while. How do you feel about Herbert? I know Eckler's out. That's going to be tough. Give me your breakdown. You know, uh, Herbert, I was not sold on him coming out of the draft. I saw a lot of the things that the analysts were seeing. Uh, he, you know, you remember he started, what, two weeks ago when uh, I guess the team doctor tried to kill Tyron? Yeah, um, basically. Stabbed him in the chest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's actually now in the conversation, the infographic during that game is uh, top three most yards in the first three games. I think he's like second or third in history on that. Yeah. Um, this guy's got a lot more poise than I thought. We saw in college. Uh, he was more mobile than we thought, but he was errant. He uh, didn't make great decisions. He was only doing half-field reads. But, I mean, under pressure, took a couple shots to the chest, threw a 70-yard bomb. Um, this is a guy, Herbert specifically, and this is a team to look out for. Uh, they got young, young backs. Uh, Eckler's hurt, but they got two young backs that they like. Look at who they started out with. They opened the season against the Bengals and won. Then they played the Chiefs, the Panthers, and the Buccaneers. That's their first four. They played the Saints. And then their next four or five games after that are all doable wins. They got the Jets, Dolphins, Jags, Raiders, Broncos. Yeah. So all of a sudden, one and three can look a heck of a lot like six and four. I like um, it. If they play their cards right and stay healthy. I mean, we'll see. They're not they, – well, nobody thought they'd be dynamic. They're not throwing the ball at the tight end, which is frustrating my fantasy year. But they're finding ways <laughs> to get it done with the backs – they found the way – they threw two touchdowns and two guys that are off the practice squad this week. Never yep. heard of them. So, um, you know, that's something Anthony Lynn's got going for him. Uh, look out. I don't think they're going to push for the playoffs per se because uh, you got the Chiefs there. You, you got the uh, the Raiders as well. It could be sneaky good, but it could be them and the Raiders fighting for a spot. Who knows? Um, if the Chargers are playing, I'm going to try and find a way to watch them. That's going to be my answer. I don't really have a grade for them, but I'm going to try and find a way to watch them because they piqued my curiosity. Yeah, I mean, through three weeks, look, it looks like Herbert's the guy there. So I'm really happy that they're able to hit on somebody um, that they hopefully like and continue to go with. But mm-hmm. we'll move on to Carolina here in North Carolina, where I am a resident of. And Teddy Bridgewater has got him two and two. This team looked like it could have been one of the worst teams in the NFC. And now they win two pretty convincing games in a row. I... I'm still uneasy about this team. They're winning without Christian McCaffrey, which is cool. Robbie Anderson has proved to be a really big asset for them. He's garnering a lot of targets, making the ball move. That was Jason's guy in the offseason. Matt Rule, the connection there. Mm-hmm. The team, you, guys are, you, the team you wouldn't even let me put other. him on the board for our fantasy chats. You wouldn't let me put him on the board. He's top, 25, on. he's top 25 wide receiver right now, so I was definitely wrong. Uh, but the team's rallying around Teddy. They love Teddy. They're dancing in the, in the locker room after the games and their defense is getting better, man. Uh, they, they drafted that gross Matos kid. Um, 
Out of Penn State, I like him. Out of Penn State, he made a couple good plays. Um, Derek Brown, their first-round draft picks, moving the pile, really stuffing the run, which they needed badly. Through the first three weeks, they were rough against the run, let up the most touchdowns. This one, they shut down the Arizona Cardinals' run game for the most part. And then their other rookie, uh, Jeremy Chin, is actually playing really well, led the team in tackles this last game. Uh, Arizona Cardinals, give it to me, man. It, it looked like this was kind of going to be the year. The second-year quarterback winning MVPs looked like it could have been a chance. How do you yeah, feel? Yeah, young, fast defense. DeAndre Hopkins coming in. Um, but it's actually – the reason why right now is the last comment you made about the Panthers. They shut down the Arizona Cardinals' run game. I'll tell you right now, that is an inflated stat. That is a little to your balloon if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan. They have no run game. They have a Kyler Murray scramble game. That's not a dominant run game. One of the things that you and I talked about last week, which you said is one of your picks, and I agreed with you that uh, Kenyon Drake was going to go off for fantasy numbers. That means production out of the backfield. Um, Did not happen. Has not happened yet. Um, So I think that's the thing. They're – Offenses are afraid of becoming one-dimensional. That's when defenses get really simple. They send pressure. Defensive lines have one focus, and that's rush the passer. They don't have to stay disciplined. They get an extra step off the ball, essentially, with that mentality. Um, And that's kind of where they're at with Arizona. Not only does the defense have to prep for it, but that's all that Arizona is able to do right now. So um, that's going to be – you know, the thing the teams are game planning for and going to be Arizona's crux, and that's the same reason why they were a losing team last year. They've got more talent, but people know what's coming. We'll see. I don't know. Is that is that kind of on par? Because I know they've got some winnable games coming up. They play the Jets next. Uh, they got Dallas and Seattle, which will be tough, and then they got the Dolphins again. So, I mean, I think they've got a tough schedule the rest of the way out. Um, I think they'll probably end up being about 500, but I don't know. How about you? I, I I think you're about right with 500. I think we just got super optimistic after the first two outings and thinking, oh, man, this is this turnaround is yep. going to happen in one year. Um, but I, I think that was a little window dressing. They, they're going to be around 500 and be just fine there because they are a team building and they have the right assets on their team now to build with that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think there's any love loss for losing games like this to a division rival, but is what it is. Kyler's the guy. They're going to build around him and be just fine for years to come. But this year doesn't look to be the year after the last two games they had. We'll move to the Rams and the Giants. The Rams ended up winning 17-9 to in a pretty ugly game. What's up? I was going to do a plug for the rough and rowdy, but uh, I'll, let, I'll let you jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> rough and rowdy. <laughs> uh, uh, well, what I'll say about this one is the Rams were nine and seven last year, and they just wouldn't—they couldn't win the ugly games. This was an ugly game, and they ended up winning it. You're gonna have ugly games. You just got to find a way to win, and they found a way to win. Really, not in the way that they used to win. You know, they're used to running the ball and then making big plays down the field with Goff. They weren't able to get anything going on offense, and they still come out with a win, get a pick at the end to seal the game. And, you know, Sean McVay is, is really he – w- he was the coach of the year a couple of years back. Everybody kind of forgot about him. 
But the cool stat with him is, you know, he's 28-0 with the lead at halftime. So once they're leading, they keep the lead. And that's exactly what they did here. The Giants had so many opportunities to tie this game up and never did. Rams, I'm optimistic about them. They're, they're my team in the NFC along with the Cowboys. They're contenders. I, I don't think they're legit quite yet, but they're contenders for sure. Uh, and their defense is getting better. I mean, their defense was pretty terrible last year, but they're relying on their big guys and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey to make plays. And uh, I like them moving forward. Sure. And I'll keep it simple for the Giants. The Giants still suck. They are who we thought they were, and the season gets tougher from here. Yeah, you ain't wrong. That's about all we need to say about that one. Uh, how about uh, how about Buffalo and Vegas? Tell me about Josh Allen that we don't something that we don't already know. Something that we don't know. Um, well, I will say this: the better team definitely won. They did. They won mostly in passing, and with a good defense. What Josh Allen is showing us now is that his improvisation skills don't always have to be in the run game. Last year, he relied on his feet a lot to get out of trouble, and now he's relying on his feet to readjust and move the ball downfield. And I really like that out of him. I still don't really think he's progressing that much. He's just kind of playing backyard football like we've been saying and doing a lot of goofy things. But it's been working out for him, and he's not turning the ball over. Uh, he's a guy that is right in that MVP candidate. Uh, and the biggest reason is Stefan Diggs. He's, he was the biggest free agent pickup of the year so far. Through the first two weeks, you would say DeAndre Hopkins. Through four weeks, you say Stefan Diggs. I like this team moving forward. Josh Norman got activated, got a forced fumble. They were all over Carr, made him look really uncomfortable. The Bills are legit. The Bills are legit. Is, uh, is Diggs the MVP maker? I mean, you saw the struggles they had with Cousins without a number two, and they finally found Justin Jefferson a little bit. Uh, is that what it takes? I mean, Diggs makes anybody look good, man. His contested catch rate is unbelievable. It, it seems like almost every game he has two or three catches that just shouldn't happen. There's a deep, right. post, there's a deep post route over the middle, and I saw next-gen stats. It was a 23% chance of him catching it, and he caught it, right? And it's mm -hmm. just shit like that. It's like you make a inaccurate quarterback, you make a quarterback who makes dumb decisions look good when you catch those balls. And that's what's happening right now. The balls are dropping in the receiver's hands. They're moving the ball that way. Without the run game to support them this week, even though Dem Devin Singletary did have a decent game, um, I like it, man. I really do. I think Stefan Diggs is going to continue to ball out for this team. Um, sure. And they got good guys around them. John Brown's good, and this Davis kid's pretty good. So, they're nice. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I see that. Um, I got a couple pointers on the Raiders before we move to the next game. Um, you know, okay, so they're 2-2. Two and two. They're another year with Gruden. But I, I kind of like where they're at. They've had a pretty tough road to hold this first four games. I mean, they beat the Panthers, and they beat the Saints in prime time. They lose to the Patriots, and they lose to the Bills. Now, the rest of their schedule, the next couple games, they got the Chiefs and the Buccaneers and the Browns. After that, it lightens up quite a bit. So I, so. I feel like they, uh, they could definitely be a wild card contender because they're pretty well balanced. The defense is not great, but it is much better than last year. You got Carr making better decisions. You've got a run game with Josh Jacobs. He's been, he always falls forward. He's been solid. 
Um, and the one thing about a lot of the best teams in the league right now, they have a strong and balanced tight end. That's right. To really pressure linebackers, to keep you off balance, and can really ev- run every route. Corners, short routes, verticals, middle of the field, um, to keep everyone honest. And that the balance is what's going to take, keeping everything honest. And, and I think that's the best thing in the Raiders' back pocket. And the one thing that they're showing this year that they haven't in a very long time, again, it's so early, but they're actually playing pretty disciplined football. They're not shooting themselves in the foot with penalties. Um, they're not, you know, doing boneheaded plays, late hits, stupid personal fouls that are really fucking them right now. Um, so just interesting. Keep in mind the schedule. Um, they got a couple big games coming up, and it's going to lighten up after that. So um, that's my two cents. Cool. I like it. Yeah, the, they're uh, they're coin flip every week for me. If they're mm-hmm. going to come out and play or they're going to come out and be the Raiders of old. But we'll go to the Sunday night game. This was the Eagles versus the Niners. You called it in the three last week. You saw the Eagles upsetting the Niners in this game, and it definitely happened. And it happened with the biggest play of the game being from a guy named Travis Fulgham. He caught a 43-yard ball on a street Ooh. route, fell into the end zone. Dude, this Eagles team, you feel bad for their offense, man. They're just throwing to anybody out there. It's practice squad guy after practice squad guy. Last year it was Greg Ward. This year they're even more decimated with injury than they were last year at every position, tight end, offensive line, probably going to be quarterback real soon, half field, half backs, everything. Yeah, it's rough. And you know what? When we see success out of this team and we see success out of Wentz, it's when they get the ball to Zach Ertz, and they have not been able to do that all year. It's a really big crutch on their team right now. They move through Zach Ertz. And they're not doing it. Um, anyway, I, sh- I should be talking about the Niners a little bit, shouldn't I? Um, That's all right. C.J. Beathard comes in in relief of Mullins because Mullins throws a pick six. They take him out. Beathard comes in, has an 11-play drive, and scores. They get mm-hmm. the ball back. He's got to go like 90 yards in a minute 40 or something and almost succeeded in winning this game. They got down, to like the, uh, got down to like the 30-yard line. Uh, but didn't end up winning. Kittle is Kittle, man. He was out for two weeks, comes back, 15 targets, 15 receptions. Every time he touches the ball, he's making one or two guys miss. He is the Aaron Donald of offenses. He is so much better. Yeah, dude, he is so much better than anybody else at his position right now. And it shows week in and week out. You got to get this guy the ball as many times as you can. Because every time he touches the ball, something good happens. They're going to be just fine. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think this is good for the Niners and Niners fans because they were questionable about Garoppolo even after the Super Bowl uh, year last year. But this just shows when Garoppolo's in, their offense moves a lot better. Yes, they're hurt at the running back spot, but McKinnon's been playing well. The whole team's built on these yak yard guys, man. And they got Debo Samuel back, Ayuk, man, with an amazing hurdle for a touchdown. You like him. That's exactly how this team is built, and they're going to win in the short passing game, getting extra yards, um, making plays, and making guys miss. So Shanahan is going to be in good hands once they're kind of healthy again. I'm not concerned about the Niners. I still think they're good. They're not as dominant as they were last year. But their defense is just as fast. They'll be just fine. It's a tough loss, 
but they'll they'll pick up the pieces and be just fine. Give me your two cents on the Eagles after I took way too much from you. No, uh, they're banged up, and I think they're on the back. They're they're, they're the most injury ridden riddled team in the league. Um, with them, they're never out because uh, they do have a good quarterback and a good scheme. Um, they've been able to stay in games they probably shouldn't be in, and. They're number one in the division right now at one, two, and one in the crappiest division in football. So uh, seven, eight, and one could easily win your division. I think. <laughs> that is true. Well, we'll move on. Let's just do these ones really quickly because we weren't able to watch them. One's actually happening right now, but Kansas City ends up beating the Patriots on Monday night. The game was moved because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Kansas City looked like they were struggling. I think if Cam was playing, this game might have ended up a little different. I'll let you talk about I'm the Patriots, you. but. Kansas City, you know, they, they're not bulletproof. They, they struggled against the Chargers. They struggled here against the Patriots, but they're pulling out wins. They're undefeated. They're definitely the team to beat in the NFC after the huge win against the Ravens. That was a real big statement win. And uh, moving forward with Kansas City, I mean, as, as long as they move how they're moving, they're going to be just fine. They, they're locked to make the AFC championship right now, if you ask me. Oh, I yeah, no question. Uh, Patriots, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. This one, if Cam was healthy, it could have been a much closer game. It was a close game. Uh, we didn't watch the fourth quarter because we hopped on the stream here. Um, but one thing to keep in mind, they're 2-2 two and two for a reason. They lost to the Seahawks and the Chiefs in relatively close games. The rest of the year, they've only got three really tough games left. The Bills twice and the Ravens. You might say the Rams, but the rest of these games are very, very winnable games for the Patriots. So I think that's going to be the scariest thing for them. I think they're going to get rolling. I think they're going to find more identity as Cam gets to know his weapons better. Uh, And just look out because McDaniel's never going to stop evolving the game plan anyway. um, I think their uh, practice squad running back today ran pretty well, uh, whose name escapes me. He put up 100 yards. James White is back off of personal uh, time. And Burkhead's going to have another three-touchdown game, we know, in the next few weeks. So <laughs> um, that's it for the first primetime game right now. Green Bay and Atlanta going to the half. Green Bay is up 20-3. to three. Wow. What do you think about them Packers? Well, first off, uh, the Patriots guys, Damian Harris, he's actually a rookie that they drafted in, like, the fourth round, fifth round, something like that. Oh, anyway. I was, you know what? I was thinking of Brandon Bolden. Never mind. Because uh, one of them's 37, <laughs> one of them's 38. You're, you're totally right. My misspeak. Thanks for catching me. Uh, Green Bay Packers. I mean, is this surprising that they're winning? No. Is it surprising that they're winning and Atlanta only has three points? Yeah. Atlanta, to me, before you just gave me that box score, is built very much like the Cowboys. They can score with anybody, but they can't stop anybody. Uh, Green Bay is going to win the games – on the ground, they're going to win games through the air. They're so versatile on offense. Their defense is good, man. Their defense is real good. This could be a statement year for Aaron Rodgers. It has been so far through the first quarter of the season. I hate that they're in our division. I say this every week. Uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll put up another 20 points in this second half here and be off to week five, 4-0. So, Here's a couple quick stats for the game. Box score reading. Aaron Rodgers, 18 of 22, 228, three touchdowns, 149.4 rating. Um, Julio Jones, four targets, four catches, 32 yards. Calvin Ridley, 
three targets, zero catches, zero yards. Locking those. Todd Gurley is averaging under three yards a carry. Who's scoring so for that, who's scoring for the Packers? Um yeah, who knows? Aaron Rodgers, or I'm sorry, Aaron Jones had a short uh receiving touchdown and Robert Tanyan oh. has four catches, fifty seven yards, and two receiving touchdowns. Tanyan was the pickup this week because people didn't have Devontae Adams. So they went and picked up Tanyan. There you go. Look at um, that. the leading receiver for the Packers are is Jamal Williams, the backup running back, six catches, seventy-seven yards. How about them apples? My, and God. that's crazy because I need I need another ten points out of Aaron Jones to win my second fantasy league. So I better not snuff me in the second half. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, if you want to say anything about Atlanta, then we'll get into box score, and then we'll crown. Atlanta's it. been trashed so many different ways by the media. I don't need to say anything about them that we don't already know. It's not going to get much better. My question to you is. Who has the hotter seat? I was going to ask you of the three. One got canned this week. Patricia or Quinn? Who's got the hotter butt right now? Well, after this game, if you know, if they're not scoring more than three points, you know, if if they don't somehow make this game in contention, it's hard not to say Dan Quinn, especially losing multiple games with 15 point or more leads. But every game that they lost has been a one-score game, so that's kind of tough. Where Matt Patricia, I don't think either of them get canned during the year. I think they both get canned at the end of the year. So if I had to choose which one's hotter, probably Dan Quinn, just because I think there's more of an expectation against against him with this Atlanta team. That's exactly what I was going to say. I would have to give him the nod in in the uh, hot seat Black Monday roulette that goes on yeah Atlanta wants to be that you know they want to be fighting for the division uh they want to take advantage of the the uh, Tom Brady limbo year potentially you know Drew Brees is getting old uh, they added Todd Gurley they added some pieces in the offseason Calvin Ridley is going to be a stud again um they invested more draft cattle in their capital in their offensive line so yeah, we'll see um <laughs> so no, nothing new there really um last game before we move on to the next segment quick here is the suspended game. Steelers versus Tennessee to take place in week eight, I believe, as they go through their fall bye week now. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've only got three games to analyze, but what do you think about Pittsburgh through those first three? Pittsburgh, um, I feel like their team revolves around T.J. Watt on the defensive side, Bud Dupree, fast defense, the identity of the Pittsburgh Steelers when they were winning Super Bowls, going to Super Bowls was the defense. That's what it is. Ben Roethlisberger is back. He's going to be showing up in my three here in a couple minutes. And that's really kind of what I see out of these guys. I mean, TJ Watt's going to be MVP voting. Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, if he gets healthy. They got playmakers on offense. I don't think they're going to win the division, but they could beat anybody in the playoffs. That's kind of how I feel about the Steelers. Yeah, I will agree with every point except for the identity part. I think the only reason they're where they're at right now is because of Big Ben. Um, Last year they had the exact same defense, but no way to get that motor going. Um, So I think that's the thing that's going to keep them going. So uh, about Tennessee, they are 3-0. I am 100% 
not sold on these guys for any reason at any point. Um, they had three very, very close wins. They beat Denver by two, they beat Jacksonville by three, and they beat the Vikings by one. In my opinion, all are trash teams. They've Damn. got oh, – don't. With that, they've got the Bills coming up, the Steelers. they got to play the Bears. they got to play the Colts twice, the Ravens, the Packers. I mean, that, that's very much talking about a 500 team here, uh, if not done well. And that's, that's saying a lot considering they're already 3-0. and uh, Maybe I'll give them nine. Uh, but, again, in between there, you've got the Browns. They already lost to the Jags. Uh, you got the Texans twice, which who knows if they turn it around. Um, a lot of teams that could take it from them. So their identity is going to be ground and pound. They're going to lean on the defense like they always have, uh, hopefully, hoping that uh, Jadavian Clowney takes off, even though he's not in football shape, but you're getting paid $17 million. You better show up in football <laughs> shape. Hey, you got um, a week off. I guess. Uh, I, I bet you he's probably not doing wind sprints all week, though. Um, <laughs> I did like some of the highlights. I didn't get to watch any of their games yet. I'm sure you, you saw him uh, when they played the Vikings. But uh, Simmons, their new defensive front man, I don't know if he's a, is he a five-pick. Um, he always seems to be disrupting. Um, I don't yeah. know much else about their linebacking core, but that Simmons guy seems like he could be the next stud. Yeah, all over the place. The one thing about uh, the Titans that I want to touch on is just A.J. Brown is the missing piece. Like, he hasn't played yet. I don't know what his timetable is to return. Okay. But without him on the offense, it makes him a little bit one-dimensional. They've they've made it work with Jonu Smith, who's playing really well this year. Corey Davis is finally stepping into his own. Tannehill makes a lot of good decisions. They don't have to rely on him to throw 40 times a game, which is nice. Um, but I'm excited to see this team when AJ gets back because he I should do, be back week five, according to this. Uh, week report. five, nice. Well, I do think he makes this team into a contending team right now i would agree with your statement i i think they're pretty lackluster but when they get a guy like him who can make game-changing plays i think it changes the dynamic of the whole team so i'm going to withhold any judgment on this team until i see aj brown fully mixed in and fully healthy because i think he is one of these game-changing players um, on their team Last year, he led the league in yards per reception with like 21 and a half yards per reception. So that's just big play after big play. And they use him in the run game a little bit too. So excited to see him come back. If he's playing next week, uh, I'll definitely be tuning in to check him out. Sweet. Well, I think that's a good analysis. Um, so we talked about a lot of these guys quick, but I want to hear you breeze through your uh, box score highlights. Uh, I'll just do my first one. I feel bad about it. Talk shit about him in the offseason. I think he heard me loud and clear. They're getting him involved. Odell Beckham Jr., 73 rushing yards on two carries. One went for a touchdown, which was the game-winning touchdown. Probably one of only a handful of guys that could have made that play. Uh, oh, yeah. Evading Eldon Smith for a 10, 15-yard loss and then ended up going all the way up the sideline for the score. 81 receiving yards, three total touchdowns on the game. Odell Beckham, box score highlight. There you go. And mine, actually, you picked as your number two. Uh, mine was going to be Joe Mixon. Um, not Joe Burrow, but Joe Mixon, because you know what? He's been a favorite of mine. Hasn't produced a lot. He's been my fantasy sleeper for a couple years. Uh, he's got some attention on him because people know he's a good back. I uh, just hasn't a lot around him in Cincinnati. So he had 180 total yards, six catches, and three total 
touchdowns, two rushing and one receiving. He took a lot of pressure off great of Joe game. to get Joe his first win. Yeah, it's a great game. Something to build on there in Cincinnati. Really quickly, got to give a highlight to George Kittle. We already talked about his game and gave you all his stats, but he's really Mr. Do-It-All for that offense, lines up all over the field and really pivotal play for the Niners. So George Kittle box for highlight, but let's get into crown them. We're going to crown our week four guys. You want me to go first, Chase? Give her. I'm going to crown Mike Zimmer. Gets his first win in a game where he plays against Bill O'Brien. They both matched up. They did the infographic at the beginning of the game. It was both their head coaching's 100th game of their head coaching careers. And he got the W against Bill. And old Billy boy gets fired. So you're crowned, Mike Zimmer. Let's build from here, get some momentum, beat the Seahawks next week in prime time. Hopefully this crown helps. <laughs> well, and crown, there you go. Uh, <laughs> mine, actually, so you, you actually, the second one that you researched is going to be mine as well because I thought it was, I always love seeing fun special teams plays. I'm going to crown this guy. But i got to give a, a little crest of the crown, a little jewel to you for finding this stat. Um, Sam Koch, the punter for the Baltimore Ravens, has a 15-yard completion on a fake punt, which yeah. is sweet. Everybody loves to see that kind of an egg on the face to the return team uh, but he's now seven for seven this is what you found seven for seven in his career as a passer and this one actually led to a touchdown so yeah. how about that I would think that's probably for the brand um, yeah. and we'll go from there <laughs> yeah real quickly week five what I'm looking forward to is the Browns and Colts matchup uh, two teams that I think uh, the question's still out there. We think the Colts are really good. Their defense looked good, but the Browns put up 49 points. So that's going to be a fun matchup. Do you have one game that you're looking forward to? You know, I like a lot of the primetime games. It's kind of cheesy for me to say, but this Thursday night game, short week for both teams, Bears-Tampa Thursday night. Uh, both are three and one teams. Both seasons could go one way or the other here. Obviously, the Bears have a little bit more identity to find as Tom Brady starts to heat up, but – He's a little banged up with uh, Godwin banged up and kid, uh, Evans limped his way to the end of the game and OJ Howard tweaks his ankle and Leonard Fournette's banged up. So uh, he did find this Watson guy who's a six foot four white guy and he likes Scotty Miller too, another no name starting to come up. So we'll see uh, both teams are going to have their hands full. I think. I like it. Yeah. And uh, the Monday night game, Saints Chargers. The only reason I bring that up is because Herbert in prime time. I'm excited to watch it. I'm already done watching the Saints. Why do they get so many goddamn primetime games? But I'll be tuning I'm in for that game. Out. Yeah, I'll be tuning in for that game uh, to watch Herbert in his first primetime game. So excited there. We already did the Minshew report during the segment, so we don't need to touch on it again. So we'll get into the three. And I'll hit you with my first one right away. You're not so on the team. I'm not quite sold on this team, but if A.J. Brown's back, maybe I am. The Titans are going to run all over the Bills and get the W in week five after their bye week due to COVID. After the bye, early bye week. A lot of teams don't like that, but I like your pick. Um, well, I don't like it, but I hear where you're coming from. I, I, I see the logic. Um, my number one, I think Dak keeps his 400 yards a game average intact. So he, right. he passed, meaning he passes for 400 yards or more again. All right, all right. Uh, my second one is Big Ben. 
Big Ben's going to throw for five touchdowns versus Philly. Philly defense looked really good last night. I think ben, Big Ben's going to tear them apart after this bye. And oh. that's my number two. I think my number two is going to be not only – we were alluded to this in our talk a little bit about them. I think the Miami Dolphins not only cover the line of eight and a half, I think they'd pull off this crazy four touchdowns or four picks upset again. Not because I think they're like the Eagles, but I think the Niners are looking for identity amongst all of their injuries, and I think Miami can take advantage of that. Oh, I like it. That'd be fun to see. And I'll give you my third. Justin Jefferson, back-to-back 100-yard games. Why not go for a third? Justin Jefferson, Sunday night against Seattle. The worst pass defense in the league. I see Kirk tearing him up, using Jefferson a ton. Chalk him in for another 100-yard game. There you go. Uh, And my final one will be, out of nowhere, the Redskins get back on track and topple the Rams. Wow. You know, they've been playing close games. They haven't been able to put it all together. Uh, I think they kind of get tired of losing. They get some healthy guys back uh, and pull this one off. I like it. That's a, that's a nice little upset, bold prediction from you. Yeah, I appreciate it. You got to keep up on edge. Maybe it's a reason to turn into, into a game that you wouldn't otherwise watch. It's a noon game, you know. Nah. Right. Well, I will say that is it for the 53 this week. That's been the week four recap. Kind of going through every team, breaking them down through the first quarter of the season. I want to thank everybody for sticking with us. We went a little bit over our scheduled time, but we appreciate it. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast at The 53 Podcast Football is the easiest way to find us. You'll catch us next week, breaking down week five. I'm Jason. This is Luke. What do you got for us? You nailed it, bud. Hey, more football is always a good thing. Let's keep on trucking as we get into the second quarter of the year. Sweet. Deuces. Deuces.